Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM. You're very welcome along to the Big Red Bench this Saturday evening. Busy day at Parky Cueve, a double header in the Co-op Superstore's Cork Hurling Championship. Newsestown have booked a semi-final spot in the Senior A. Charleville and St. Finbar's are in Premier Senior last day at action. We'll hear from Ger McCarthy, who is there for us. Last night, a huge win for Cork City versus Wexford to reach the last four of the FEI Cup. Rory Keating again the hero. We have loads of reaction to that one on the way. Elsewhere, Sarah McKenzie Foley is going to join us to talk Formula 1 and the qualifying in the Singapore Grand Prix and we look ahead to Ireland's World Cup adventure continuing this evening against Tonga we'll hear from Andy Farrell, Peter O'Mahony and Matt Hansen. all of that between here and 7 It's Aidan Lee here with you until 7 o'clock on the big red bench here on Cork's Red FM 0868-104-106 if you want to get in touch with us. Big day of action in the Co-op Superstores Cork Hurling Championship. Uh, the quarterfinal at Parky Cueve should be just underway. Uh, the Premier Senior one, that is between Charleville and the reigning champion St. Finbars. Uh, the uh, previous game, Town getting the better of their opponents Killa to reach the semi-finals of the Senior A Championship 3 uh, Newcastown 119 Killa 310 was the final score there and of course there's a big relegation playoff in the Premier Senior uh, Championship as well Glen Rovers looking to uh, keep on to their Premier Senior status. They face Cantark. It's on and for my it's underway. Glen Rovers have the first score of the game. Uh, one point to no score early on there. So we'll keep an eye on that. And we're going to hear from Jeremy McCarthy. We have some reaction to that Newcastle win a little later on in the show. And then we'll cross over live to Jeremy McCarthy at halftime of that semi-final. Uh, all right, uh, else let's dive into uh, the news. And uh, as we said, Ireland looking to keep up their winning start to the World Cup this evening. And we'll hear from Andy Farrell a little later on. They're taking on Tonga. At the minute, Wales lead Portugal 14 points to three in their Pool C clash in Nice. And earlier today, Samoa beat Chile 43 points to 10. Uh, Man City keeping up their 100% record in the Premier League with a 3-1 win at West Ham today. Second half goals from Jeremy Doku, Bernardo Silva and Erling Haaland ensure the champions remain top of the table. Tottenham produced a late comeback to stop newly promoted Sheffield United getting their first victory. Richarlison and Dejan Kulisevsky scored in added time as they won 2-1. That went into 100 minutes plus. Uh, Man United uh, just not going well for them on or off the field. 3-1 loss at home to Brighton. Aston Villa defeated Crystal Palace uh, by the same score, 3-1 as well. Two really late goals there, 98th minute and 101st minute as well uh, for Villa to snatch all three points. Luton remain pointless unfortunately for them after going down 1-0 at Fulham Liverpool needed two late goals to earn a 3-1 win at Wolves in the lunchtime game Jurgen Klopp's side were trailing 1-0 at half time the late game sees Brentford make the trip to Newcastle and it's scoreless after 20 minutes 
in the Scottish Premiership Celtic top of the table after their 3-0 win over Dundee um, Matt O'Reilly Kyogo Furuhashi and David Turnbull with the goals uh, Rangers were 2-0 winners early on uh, here at home places in the semi-finals are up for grabs in the FEI Women's Cup this afternoon Shelburne are in the last four after a 2-1 win over DLR Waves uh, Sligo Rovers will join them in the next uh, round following a 1-0 victory over Bowes and at 7pm Athlone Town take on Piedmont United and just in case anyone missed it as well the game tomorrow uh, but their tomorrow's quarterfinal in the Women's FA Cup between Cork City and Shamrock Rovers has switched venues the game was originally scheduled to take place at Turner's Cross at 2pm it'll now be played at Bishopstown Stadium the Munster FA have decided to close Turner's Cross for pitch maintenance and the kickoff time is the same it'll still be on at 2pm uh, there all right, in golf, defending champion Shane Lowry is best of the Irish following his third round at the BMW PGA Championship. The awfully native shot a five under round of 67 today to leave himself on nine under par. Five shots off the lead. Overnight leader Ludwig Aberg remains at the top of the leaderboard on 15 under. Rory McIlroy also shot a round of 67 to move to six under par while Tommy Kibben ended the day on three under. In Formula One, we'll hear about this later on. Carlos Sainz is going to be on pole for the Singapore Grand Prix. It's the second consecutive race. He'll begin from the front. He qualified ahead of Mercedes' George Russell and his Ferrari teammate Charles Leclerc. Runaway championship leader Max Verstappen qualified in 11th and fellow Red Bull uh, teammate Sergio Perez is two places further back. We'll hear more about that a little later on. But first of all, let's dive right into that super win by Cork City last night. Uh, beating Wexford 2-1 in the Cup semi-final here is City interim boss Liam Buckley Liam what a way to win a football match oh, delighted yeah for Rui as well to get the winner um, great finish and I mean like 1-0 down came back got the equaliser great goal for the equaliser yeah Malik did really well uh, cuts inside he's quite strong on his right peg there and a great finish from where he was at and then to go on Rory Keating again I mean how good has he been this season and just in the last two home games here he's been unbelievable the hat-trick the last night and the winner tonight he came back with a bang really didn't he after, after what happened with his father yeah correct Yeah, he'd been out for a month uh, we did miss him delighted for him again uh, great goal great finish for a great touch uh, but we need him in the team yeah and he's been a, a, a big star for us in relation to where we're at we just hope he can continue to form there right through the end of the season obviously when one down in the first half to a, probably a silly goal to give away but I mean you obviously made changes then half time and he drove it on in the second half yeah the lads when they play with that bit of, bit of purpose and drive and going forward moving the ball forward um, this sideways and whatever we're just trying to get it forward quicker um, like we did create quite a lot in the second half between corners and just general play and whatever so we fully merited our win I would have thought in the second half performance and the first half I thought we were marginally better without being particularly good and the second half like, was it was really stepped it up. I mean, he, he battered them there for most of the second half. Yeah, and in fairness to the lads, yeah, well, obviously you're, you're out of the cup, should you lose 1-0, you know, the kind of way we're, sorry, we're losing at half-time, but um, I think they've put in a big shift and a big effort. Conor Tryon was great in the second half as well, up and down the left, putting in crosses. Um, Baxi was brilliant on the right-hand side as well, putting in crosses. And we had quite a few chances in the second half. And once we got that first goal, it was confident enough that we'd work it out. And into a cup semi-final now, it's, it's a huge achievement already, isn't it? I'm delighted for the group bearing in mind the season we've had uh, we're still in a lot of trouble from a league perspective um, there, there is a glimmer there where we can potentially slip out um, as if from a getting out of the bottom two point of view um, and then we've got the semi-final to look forward to I'm not sure what the other games were but um, 
it doesn't matter especially if you get somebody at home it'd be great it looks like Bowes have won and Galway have won well away for Nil and Dundalk and uh, Pats are winning at the moment so have you any preference at all? Uh, no, I'll be honest, no. I, I just, if we can get home draw, it's great because, we, especially with the crowd we have here, you know, they're the, the extra man for it, you know, kind of, especially in the second half, you would have felt every time we got the ball in the final tours, you know, the like place is alive. Yeah, the correct, goal. yeah, yeah. And just, you know, from a playing point of view, when you're playing with that, it does start to drive you on, you know, kind of way. So, uh, so we will be a home draw. Liam, well done. Thank you, appreciate it. Thank you very much. All right, Rory was on commentary duty with LOI TV last night and he was speaking with his commentary partner and Cork City legend Philip Long after the game. All right, a full-time whistle has just gone. Cork City have beaten Wexford 2-1 to book their place in the FAI Cup semi-final. I'm standing alongside my uh, LOI TV co-commentator, Cork City legend Philip Long. Phil, there's nothing better than a last-minute winner. There's nothing better than a last-minute winner to put you into the semi-final of the Cup. Uh, there's no comeback from a last-minute winner, Rory. I mean, City battled and battled to, to the dying seconds, and it was brilliant. So, right, I mean, the, the ending here, you couldn't fight it. Down, backs against the wall. Wexford were brilliant, in fairness. Defended very, very well. And Rory Keaton pops up and gets the second and gets the winner, and off we go again. What can we say about Rory Keaton that hasn't been already said, considering the incredibly difficult circumstances he has faced this season to come back in the manner that he has scored a hat-trick last week against Sligo scored a winner in the cup tonight it's just a testament to his character that he's come back in such a manner savage character I mean I mean, what what drives the man on he has to he has to have divine inspiration from his father above has to you know there's no other there's no other reason for it you know you, 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 you try any centre forward in any division here or abroad and the character is not in them compared to what it is in this man and it was a fantastic finish too oh great finish outside of his you know just got there before the centre back and, and just poked the ball into the corner into the net brilliant goal real great opportunity goal yeah it was absolutely brilliant strike from Rory Keating uh, a brilliant strike from Malik Dysteel to get Cork City back in the field because City were huffing and puffing but they weren't able to, uh, to blow that uh, Wexford house down no no you, you couldn't you, you just you just wondering where it was going to come from you know, at first you'd kind of say set piece or something, but Dykstein just came inside, just looked up and put the ball into the corner. Ah, oh, beautiful goal. And his first goal as well for the club. And he was a right hand for when he came on as well, wasn't he? Oh, yeah, his touches alone and his vision looked up. Every pass that he had was good. You know, so he played very, very well. So I'd say that that, that position is his now. Yeah, he looked very, very good when he came on. Came on for Jez Kabir, who didn't do a lot wrong in the first half. No, he didn't. But, you know, Jez kind of slows down the game a little bit. And, you know, Dykstein is the opposite. He goes and he just goes for the corner flag and you know just takes him fella on. Jays is a different different player. Horses for courses. It certainly is. Wexford went ahead uh, through a goal that was unfortunate from a court city perspective. Um, the city put the ball out so uh, Gil Chris could get treatment. Um, instead of the ball, Aaron Baldry letting the ball go back to the keeper, he plays it to nobody. Wexford intercept this score. Yeah, it's a, it's a silly, a silly pass. He shouldn't have. He should have just left it go. I mean, Borden came off his line to get the ball, you know, and, and he was just left stranded. It was a silly goal to give away. But what I will say about Baldry is that he doubled his efforts in the second half to make up for that mistake. Oh, he did. He was involved in everything. He wanted the ball. He wanted it. He wanted to make amends of what happened. And, you know, he had a great game in the second half. He really did. He certainly did indeed. What does a win like this do for a team, Phil? I mean, like they're trying to battle to avoid the relegation playoff. Um, they're now into the FAI Cup semi-final. You get a home draw. 
you could be looking at a cup final well it, number one it takes your mind off the league you know it's a different competition altogether and, and there's always a buzz with the cup so they'll be interested to see who they'll get in the next round hopefully a home draw so they, it just it, home and draw. it gives them massive confidence as well it's another victory as well Rory yeah it certainly is and two impressive victories now for Cork City going back to that 3-0 win over Sligo two weeks back and now again tonight in the FA Cup we have to mention Wexford Phil because I thought they were excellent tonight um, they took their goal but they were well organised they defended well and they frustrated Cork City throughout the 90 minutes yeah they played very well they were solid along the back they you know, they, they kept as a unit and it was very very hard to break down that's why City were just playing the ball around the middle of the park they just couldn't go through you know in fairness Wexford did play very very well tonight certainly did and the Cork City don't go into the hat for the FA Cup semi-final um, two moments of magic here on a, a dull overcast rainy dark cold September night but that doesn't matter when you're in the Cup semi-final no it does not wouldn't it be ironic if we got Galway <laughs> oh, big win for Galway tonight. big win for Galway I, I'd rather stay away from Galway to be honest <laughs> I prefer I prefer a Premier Division than, than the First Division to be honest with you wouldn't fancy playing against Coffee long yeah we'll see how that draw goes when it's made but for now Cork City 2 Wexford 1 Cork City into the FAI Cup semi-finals all right, Rory O'Hagan is on the line now to look back at a huge win for Cork City last night in the quarter-final of the FAI Cup. They left it late, Rory. Yeah, they've been hard work for the two, Ed, and be perfectly honest about it. Wexford, very well drilled, very well organised, defended very, very well. And it uh, looked like they were going to come away with uh, a victory, uh, a bit of an upset, and looked like they were going to go and uh, booked their place in their first uh, semi-final, Cup semi-final for the first time in their history until Malik Dykesil just promoted, produced a moment of magic beautiful strike from him from 20 odd yards uh, past the keeper great goal um, City were struggling up to that point they were very laboured in their attack and they, they, there was just a lack of urgency from them but as soon as Dykesil got that goal you're thinking right Cork City are going to go and get a chance to, to get a winner here and then when City won a corner I said on commentary for LOI TV with Philip Long I was like Phil this is where you make yourself a hero and the man who popped up was already a hero Rory Keating now fresh from his hat-trick last week against Sligo Rovers popped up to score the winner um, into the shed end in time added on great goal great finish great result not a great performance but I don't think City cared there into the Cup semi-final yeah, I suppose Justin Rory Keating, he's the best signing City have made in recent time. I think it's an easy statement to make. Yeah, quite a long time. Yeah, just Rory Keating is just—he's electric. He's—he's he's a brilliant striker. Works his arse off every time he's on the pitch. Always gives a hundred and ten percent and pops up with goals. I mean, like he popped up last night with a, a beauty of a winner. Um, from that corner from Ben Warmer, he drilled it in low and just Keating just got into flicking in past the keeper Mason. Um, it was a fantastic strike it was a fantastic finish um, and it's, it's go for, he scored a hat-trick last week or two weeks ago of course against Sligo Rovers um, and for him just to be performing at that level considering the tragedy that's befallen upon him and his family it's it's incredible to think about and it, I, I just there, there aren't enough superlatives for him and along with that form continue um, so I mean like I'd imagine there's a number of teams looking at him as far as I'm aware he's under contract for next season but um, the way he's going he's just like he, he's absolutely electric and he's certainly become a Cork City hero um, and after sending City into the Cup semi-final last night just in, in Amherst himself even more to the Cork City faithful as such a thing were possible so absolutely brilliant to see him last night yeah, so City now going into the semi-finals. I think the draw is Tuesday. Uh, Bowes 
Galway United and St. Pat's are the three teams uh, left uh, other than City who would you prefer to get out of those um, we're just kind of talking about it really it's kind of anyone at home basically just get a home draw and you'd fancy your chances against anyone can you imagine John Caulfield's Galway United coming down to Turner's Cross and imagine how fired up that John Caulfield team would be they had a fantastic win last night against them Dodge just absolutely stunned everyone um, when we all saw the scores just kind of going up and up when we were checking in them and live score it was um, a tremendous result for them but I think I'll see the fancy anywhere at home to be honest but they'll have to certainly tidy things up and tighten things up a little bit I mean like the goal they can't see the last night was a, a pretty much a, a comedy goal to be honest like Ali Gilchrist had gone up for treatment and the ball was put out by uh, Cork City he was put up by Drime so it was then I think it was Levingston was it, uh, who took the throw I can't quite remember for Waterford but he just played it long, a long throw that looked like it was just going to go back to the keeper but for some reason Aaron Bolger jumped up intercepted it headed it back to Levingston um, who was entitled obviously to play on at that point uh, fed it to Dobbs and Dobbs scored with uh, Burn out of position it was a, a, a bizarre goal and one that City shouldn't have conceded which again a lack of communication there about what was going to happen Ball should have just gone back to Burn. that would have been it but it was just a, a bit of a bizarre goal to be perfectly honest about it um, but yeah and actually Burn made a tremendous save earlier on in the game Levingston um, took a shot took a big deflection off Gilchrist and Ollie Byrne looked like he was beaten looked like the ball was heading into the top corner and just stretched up and reached up and tipped it over the bar absolutely incredible save so like his performance last night the save certainly a massive positive massive highlight of last night's game but so they are going to have to improve um, for the FA Cup so it's only 90 minutes away from a final aid and like when you consider yeah. I suppose how poor City's season has been so the fact that they can get to if Eva Stadium gets to uh, another FAI Cup final um, it would just be absolutely incredible and there is no reason why they can't go and do it Cup football anything can happen yada 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 but just as long as they get a home draw that's all you want a home draw yeah, they've they've three wins out of their last four games. Uh, look, two of them are cup wins, obviously, uh, and that big win against Sligo Rovers. It's the best form they've been in all season, and they're hitting it just about at the right time, aren't they? With like like we said, that possibility of a cup final, and you know the battle for survival still going on. Yeah, big time. Like we were kind of talking before the game last night about how important the cup room would be, just to kind of lift the mood of the club and to get a win last night against Wexford to help in that battle. Um, against uh, the relegation playoff because as things stand that he's still in ninth and he's still a bit of work to to, to take uh, take overs like or overs to avoid that relegation playoff because uh, again anything could happen in that game but to um, uh, getting into the Cup semi-final was important in that regard because it's obviously going to be a massive morale booster for that squad you could see just how it meant how much it meant to the players and they were leaving the pitch and how much it meant to the supporters around the place it was just one of those wins I suppose there's something magic about the Cup anyway but when you get a last minute winner into the shed end to put you into the semi-finals very very special indeed so I'd imagine the morale in that team now is just absolutely massive and everyone's kind of buzzing uh, and uh, really looking forward to the um, the draw that's going to take place during the weekend of course um, the, um, the tie uh, the semi-final tie which I think is going to clash with the Imro Radio Awards which we will be at which so means we won't be able to go see the semi-final <laughs> yeah unfortunately so uh, unless it's up that side of the country maybe at least we'll be a bit closer to it um, 
um, look, it, it's it's a big stretch now for City, and and they could well do with UCD pulling something out of the out of the bag tonight against Sligo Rovers. And as well, it looks like uh, you know it's not beyond the realms of possibility that it's Cove Ramblers that could be in that uh, that relegation playoff. They had a two 0 win last night against Waterford, which is a huge result for them. They're in great form. Uh, it's a tale of two sides in a way, I suppose, in the county at the moment. Yeah, great result last night for them, and uh, they've uh, had a great season so far. And they're going to be in the the, the playoff um, the playoffs at the end of the season to see who will uh, face the ninth place team in the Premier Division. They've done a, a tremendous job um, so far, and uh, along with that, continued great win last night against Waterford. Uh, certainly high in confidence, and no matter who City face, or, or if if City are to be in the playoff if they were to face Waterford or, or Cove Ramblers would be an absolutely incredible tie be a massive massive cup final of a tie not that the uh, games considered the other teams wouldn't but can you imagine a local derby between Cork City and Cove Ramblers to decide who plays in the Premier Division next season that'd be absolutely incredible but yeah look Cove Ramblers are they're doing a, a fantastic job um, at the moment and uh, congratulations to them and hopefully they can continue that form uh, for the rest of the season and hopefully Corksley can get out as you mentioned Aidan like uh, all eyes on UCD and Sligo tonight City going to Shelburne on Friday which is always a massive game and always a tough place to go in Talca Park big weekend for City actually because they then have to go to Dundalk on the Monday so two massive games there if you get four points out of those two games you would be absolutely delighted absolutely delighted and there's no reason why they can't go up and do that but look it's always hard going to Talca Park it's always hard going to Oriel Park and then you've got St Pat's to come then um, on Friday week so huge huge games ahead for City yeah it's a big period for the club uh, Rory uh, they're into a semi-final at least anyway and we have that to look forward to thanks a minute for joining us cheers buddy yeah, Rory there on Cork City's win last night and uh, progression through to the semi-final of the FAI Cup. All right, in Fermoy, it's Glen Rovers 1-5, Cantorco 1-4 with 20 minutes gone in that relegation playoff in the Co-op Superstores Premier Senior Hurling Championship. That must be one tense game, I would say, down in uh, down in Fermoy and Glen Rovers... Um, like it would be incredible should they slip out of the Premier Senior ranks um, it'll be a great victory for Kentork if they can do it uh, but at the moment Glen Rovers just about have that one point lead at Porky Cueve it's Charleville 8 points St Finbar 6 with 20 minutes gone there and like I said we'll be crossing over live to Jeremy McCarthy at half time just after the break here just after half past 6 uh, f- to talk about Newcastle's win, win earlier on and of course this game that's ongoing as well but before we do all of that let's uh, look at the Formula 1 action and qualifying for the Singapore Grand Prix took place earlier on today Carlos Sainz was on pole Sarah McKenzie Foley is on hand to tell us about everything that went down Alright I'm joined on the line now by Sarah McKenzie Foley after uh, quite an eventful qualifying at the uh, Singapore Grand Prix Sarah thanks for joining us yeah, absolutely. Exciting one in Singapore and uh, something different. Yep, both Red Bulls out in Q2, so did not even make it to the final step of qualifying, which is obviously something that we've seen very rarely over the last while. And yeah, a, pretty much a massive shock. Christian Horner has come out afterwards and said that they don't really understand exactly what happened. And it's very confusing and obviously massively frustrating for both drivers. Yeah, I suppose sometimes you know you can have an isolated incident of uh, of of let's say the the 
the leader of the pack just just not really having a, a good session but the fact that both of them mm. ended up outside Q2 is a sign that they got it wrong on the day themselves Exactly and I think it's possibly even bigger than that because if you think about how dominant they've been certainly Max Verstappen you know it's it really is shocking to see how much he struggled today he was complaining about a couple of things upshifts for example but you know, that shouldn't have resulted in him not even being able to make it to Q3, especially when they even had, you know, more tyres available to them than some of the other teams did. So definitely a big concern for Red Bull. And I think we could possibly, you know, not to kind of put the cart before the horse, but I think we could possibly be looking at the first time we're not going to see them, at least on the top step of the podium this season. Yeah, it's amazing, right? It'll be there. Yeah, they've won every single race so far this year. Um, so a chance then to see Ferrari and Mercedes battle it out at the top, and Lando Norris as well will be hoping to get involved mm. in that. But Carlos Sainz again, putting his car on pole and uh, making a claim to be, you know, the number one driver at Ferrari this season. Mm. It's back to back poles for him, and uh, he's looked far more impressive than Charles Leclerc this year. Yeah, he's certainly got the kind of his mojo back. I think he looked a bit iffy earlier on in the season. And as you mentioned, he's put a couple of really good performances together now. And I think he is that type of driver where he just has to have, you know, the ball has to be rolling for him to keep performing. And he's he's absolutely on fire at the moment. You know, he consistently through qualifying and free practice, he looked very, very strong. And as you say, Lando Norris as well I think is probably a dark horse he has a huge amount of upgrades on his McLaren this weekend and you know we saw the massive jump in performance that they experienced the last time they upgraded the car so it looks like they're seeing that again which is great for them However it is Singapore and uh, (laughs) Ferrari typically haven't exactly enjoyed look of any sorts at Singapore in the past Mm -hmm. we've seen with Sebastian Vettel uh, he was. He had horrendous luck on a year where he really should have captured a driver's title. Uh, was that back in what are we looking at? Eighteen or nineteen? Was it? Um, mm. It's. It's <laughs> like you're just waiting for something to happen tomorrow with Ferrari because it's. It's the track that they just can't seem to ever get things right at. Yeah, it's a fair point, and I think in general Singapore does tend to throw up a lot of incidents. You know, there's obviously the possibility of the weather, and then it's a night race, and they also have changed the track quite significantly this year. So they've repaved a lot of the corners, and they've also removed four corners towards the end of the race. So it's just kind of a more straight line speed situation. But I think. You know, Ferrari will be hoping that that will work in their favour. I think traffic is a massive thing. Like, it's actually very hard to overtake around the track. And that's another reason why qualifying well is so important. Because if you can hold on to that track position, then it bodes really, really well for the race. So I think they'll be hoping to reverse, as you say, the bad luck. And to be fair, you know, you have to say that they look very strong. Lance Stroll um, put his car in the wall in Q1 did that upset things for the other teams and maybe you're looking at Red Bull there too but um, the fact that I think Q1 was cut short there were a couple of drivers that um, were probably Mm. better than what they qualified due to that that qualifying uh, Q1 being cut short yeah absolutely I think Oscar Piastri is probably the main one that stands out there he was very unfortunate I think just to be caught up in that and not able to finish his lap properly and I think he kind of suffered from from traffic as well. There was a bit of a, a bit of horseplay going on around the track with people trying to get their laps in. But 
I think it, it definitely did mix things up a bit, but I think for the most part, besides Piastri, it was kind of fair enough. Obviously, really concerning initially. It was a, a pretty big shunt, but Lance Stroll seems to be okay. I think perhaps there would be questions about him. Um, there have been in the past, and I think he, you know, he does have this habit of 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 crashing. And I think you know, to be fair, it has to be looked at. But again we mentioned this before on the show like yeah. <laughs> when he's your cost, dad is he's the cost owner. his dad yeah he's cost his dad a lot of money there yeah. he has cost his dad a lot of money and he's probably pissed you know a lot of people off as yeah. well um, you know those mechanics are going to have a very long night now so you know possibly some questions to come about him there yeah, well, hopefully it makes for an exciting race tomorrow. There should be plenty of overtaking, at least, and uh, we'll have to see if Verstappen and Perez can make their way through the field. Sarah McKenzie Foley, thanks a minute for joining us. Thanks, Aidan. Yeah, we're going to go for a quick break now. When we come back, we're going to turn our attention to all things GA, and we're going to hear from Jeremy McCarthy, who's down at Parky Queef. Don't go away. Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. Cork's Red FM. Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. The Big Red Bench. You're very welcome back to the Big Red Bench here on Cork's Red FM. It's Aidan Lee here with you until 7 o'clock. 0868-104-106 if you want to get in touch with us or at Big Red Bench on Twitter that's also where you can get live updates of the game at Parky Cueve and at the moment approaching half time it is the Bars who lead Charleville 11 points to 10 in the Co-op Superstores Premier Senior Quarter Final uh, earlier on Newcestown booked passage into the semi-finals of the Senior 8 Championship they defeated Killa 119 to 310 Jerry McCarthy was there for us and he was speaking to Newcestown manager Cha Wilson after the game First of all Cha congratulations into a county semi-final uh, the job done you came up to Cork to do today but how happy are you with your overall performance from the team? Um, look a win is a win and we're more than happy to take the win and keep moving forward uh, those times we particularly in the first half we felt we didn't play at our best but at the same time we were in the game we were level at half time without having played our best so we knew it was there for us it was just a matter of the lads coming out there and showing wh- how much they wanted it which is more important than anything else so look we're there we're another step um, and we'll see how it goes from there The goal was fortuitous when it came but you were getting on top at that point and you, the important thing is you tacked on a few points immediately afterwards and that gave you a bit of breathing room yeah, you're dead right. Um, the goal was far too at that time, but we, we, we'll take it and we'll take it with two hands and we'll keep moving forward with it. Um, but I think we settled after that, particularly after that, we settled and we, we scored away then and we seemed to take over for a bit. You're never hunting sure and saying a big pitch like this. Things, and they came back there with the goal towards the end again. Like, so you, you can never sit on it and you can never be overly comfortable because you're a fool if you do. So you have to keep alert and keep moving. So look, we introduced a couple of subs then to try and freshen it up in force, unfortunately but you look that's the way it goes um, Are you happy then that you got the test that you kind of wanted heading into playing Carrick Tool in the semi-final I know you like you were pulling away there at the end the late goal kind of gave them a little bit of hope but at that stage you were still far you know you, were, you had them at arm's length but would you prefer the tighter closer game coming right down to the death? 
Well, I think every game is a test um, at this level because I don't think there's a whole lot between the top teams and bottom teams in this grade. I think they're all very close together. There's no one going to pull away with it or anything like that. So um, you're always going to get a test. And we got tested there plenty for that game. Like, uh, admittedly, OK, as you said, the Fortuna score, we sort of pulled away after that then. But, I mean, without that, it, w- it was tight and it was a test. And I have no doubt about it, every, every, every game you, you're facing from here on in is a huge test. Um, and again, as I said, our group games were a test as well. Like, so yeah. they're all tests. Uh, dual club, plenty of football, plenty of hurling in between. You've become accustomed to it now at this stage. But I would imagine everybody in the parish is going to be looking forward to this semi-final against Carrie Tool. Well, everybody in the parish is aching, sore, tired. But sure, that's the way, that's the nature of it. Well, everybody, we 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 put a jersey on. Let's, I suppose I better clarify that one. I better clarify that one. Every, you know, and, and fellas are give it their all and fair juice to them. Like the, the other, they're brave. Most of them young fellas. Some of them now are, uh, you know, for, for considering that they've a few miles up in the clock, are really, really still give us every everything like and you have to give them huge credit for that but yeah it, 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 it's a tough one to keep fresh keep alive keep going but we're doing it we'll try our bloody best to keep it do- doing it and just finally the fact that you play this game at Parky Cree for the younger players I mean it's a fine side it's a great wide open pitch is that a huge benefit from the management team when you go into play a semi-final at the same venue absolutely yeah I mean anyone who hasn't played here before will relish that now and love it and the whole atmosphere and the whole stadium and, and like where else would you want to be it's, it is the best there's no two ways about it so hey look we're, we're going to be facing the best from now on like so you know we, we have to pull up our socks as they say and drive on with it best luck in the semi-final chat yeah, that's uh, that's uh, Cha Wilson of Newcastle speaking to Ger McCarthy after their win in the Senior A quarter final, and uh, they head into the semi-finals now. And we should be joined on the line now by Ger McCarthy, who is down at Parky Cueve. Ger, if you can hear me, how are things? Uh, things are really good, Aiden. Here it's half time in the second game of a doubleheader in tonight's uh, Co-op Superstars. Premier Senior Hurling Championship where Charleville are only a point behind the Bars 13-12 at half time to the Bars very very close game and Charleville giving as good as they're getting Yeah and we've just heard uh, from Cha Wilson of Newcestown the first game of course a big win for them to get into the semi-final and plenty of goals in that one too There was but there was a turning point I suppose with a very lucky goal for Newcestown which slipped out of the um, the opposing goalkeeper's grasp and from that point on Newcestown seemed to just have that had an arm's length all the way to the end there was a late goal from Killer alright but I think to be honest with you when Killer looked back at this they did not fit the, the standard they're capable of and Newcestown did just about enough I think Edmund Keneally's accuracy from play slitters was also crucial but definitely Newcestown were deserving winners in that one and they will be tough opponents for Carrick Tool in the Senior Hurling Championship semi-finals Absolutely, and we'll turn our attention back to the Premier Senior uh, now and the reigning champions, as you said, they just about have that one-point lead and it really does feel like uh, that it's going to be a tight one. Charleville seem to be right up for it. They are, and look, we wrote about them during the week. They've absolutely nothing to lose coming into this. The last two years, they've been involved in relegation playoffs and here they are in a county quarter final on merit as well, I might add. And they played really well, hurled really well in the opening quarter. Points from Gavin Kelleher, Connor Buckley, Ornott, O'Connell, David Ford, Connor Buckley as well has really come into the game. And they were seven points to five up uh, at the quarter or mark and very, very good value for it. Now, they have a big win behind them, but they're not giving Bars time on the ball. And it's taken Ben Cunningham to really ignite this uh, Bars team because they did not play particularly well in the first 15 minutes. 
He's been very, very influential on the wing. Jack Cahalan, Sam Cunningham weighing in with a couple of important points as well. But it was only after about 20 minutes when there were seven points to nine, nine points to seven down, sorry, that uh, the Bars got a run of scores. Jack Cahalan, Cunningham, Sam Cunningham, and then four or three in a row from Ben Cunningham before Jack Cahalan made it 13 10. But since then, again, Daniel O'Flynn has fired back with two points for uh, Charleville. They're only a point down at the break, they have nothing to lose, and the Bars are not hurling as well as we would expect from the reigning champions. It is all to play for in this second half. Really good open game, but um, I don't think Jerk Cunningham is going to be too pleased with his team's efforts in that first half. Yeah, and of course the other game ongoing then is Glen Rovers versus Cantork in the relegation playoff. Are there uh, a lot of people looking at the scores uh, around Parky Cueve as well, I, I can imagine? I've never known a media court to be, have one eye on another game and all my time reporting it. There's a lot of interest in this, obviously. Uh, we have heard there now that the Glenroy point up at half time. Huge interest inside notes out of Cork to see can the Glen maintain their top tier status I hope I mean like for, for hurling's sake and no disrespect to Kentork um, it, it would be very very important for the Glen to stay in the top tier but it sounds like it's very very close there I don't know what the weather conditions are like in the particular game but if it's anything like it is here in Parky Creek where it's cold and there is a very very strong wind which favoured Charleville in the first half that's going to be a factor in the second half as the Barrows look to try and kick on here they, as I said they have not played particularly well in that first half but Everybody that is here has got a phone or something in their hand and they are certainly keeping an eye on that Glenna Cantor score. Yeah, big, big weekend of action in the Hurling Championship. Jerry McCarthy, we'll let you get back to it at Parky Cueve and you'll have all the reaction on tomorrow evening's Big Red Bench. And of course, to stay up to date with the game, follow Jar's updates on the at Big Red Bench Twitter account. Thanks. No worries. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah, thanks a million to Jeremy McCarthy there at uh, halftime and uh, the Bars just about leading and so are Glen Rovers as well in their relegation playoff. All right, uh, big one on Monday. It's the Premier One Minor Football Championship Final. It's St. Finn Bars versus the reigning champions Douglas, the reigning double champions, of course. I spoke to St. Finn Bars manager Kevin Kelleher a little earlier on today, head of that one. All right, I'm joined on the line by Kevin Kelleher, the same Finbar's minor football manager. Kevin, uh, thanks a minute for joining us on the Big Red Bench. No problem, delighted to be honest. Uh, county final on Monday, you must be really excited. Oh, absolutely. Look, at the start of the year when you um, gather together, look, this, this is the ultimate goal, really, to, to reach the final. Uh, so we're, um, we're thrilled to be, to be part of it, which hopefully will be a great occasion for, for both clubs and for Rebel Oak, you know. You just had a training session there. How are the lads feeling? Is there a bit of nerves? Is there excitement? Ah, well, there's both, naturally, you know, but I suppose at this stage on a Saturday morning, look, they're just kicking balls over the bar, just doing the final touches. But um, you're trying to tell them not to think about it, you know, don't be using up energy thinking about the match today and tomorrow and probably all day Monday. But, you know, it's a natural thing that everybody who's involved will be thinking about it. So, um it's just the way the way it is really you know I think the hardest thing w- with the young lads is to get them to go to bed at some sort of a reasonable hour these days isn't it well this is exactly it and you know we're telling them to eat the right stuff and drink the right stuff but you know yourself sometimes I suppose their normal routine is, is they're better off keeping it normal and that's what we said to them look it's just another game of ball but we all know it probably is a bit more important than that but at the same time we're trying to keep things grounded and keep it as normal as you can you know have you any uh, injury worries or do you have a full uh, full squad going into Monday? No, we have a full, full complement now to be fair and um, you know we're delighted with that we, we've had a few injuries during the year but you know most of them have cleared up now and um, and, mo- and all lads are ready to go now we, we have a full we have a full panel now to be fair 
you were the Premier 2 champions last year and, and to make the Premier 1 final now the year after it's great progress well it is but you know with, with the minor grade it, it can be a bit um, misleading if you know what I mean because you're, you're some years you could be you know it's not like a senior team that you yeah. are you are an adult team that you progress from intermediate to senior and stuff like with minor level you could you could win a county and you know the following year you could be you know you mightn't be competing so I suppose the one thing that got us over the line in, in the B or the Premier 2 final last year really was the quality of the current minor team you know yeah like we, we were able to add seven or eight good quality players and seven or eight good quality players from the year previous so that's what made us a good team last year you know so this year now again it's the same thing like most of the team that um, helped us last year are kind of after stepping up now to the next level and they're um, they're driving this now this year you know one man who caught the eye in the semi-final was Keno Sullivan. He three four out of the seven nine. Uh, some going for him. Outstanding. To be fair, he's after a great season. Look, and I suppose he was involved with the Cork Minor setup, which which is never a bad thing for a young lad because that love is bringing you on because you're playing and training against the best, and your um, your levels are automatically going to get high, get higher because you're you know you're just getting used to being in a being in a situation that if you drop your standards you're going to be showing up so I suppose it just becomes a bit normal when you're training and playing at that level so at least then when you go back to club level you're just doing what you've been doing all year you know so no he's he's, he's in good form now hopefully he'll, um, he'll carry that through to Monday you know Yeah to find the net seven times as well like it's a, a great goal threat to have and in a final as well like a goal always feels like it's almost worth double isn't it so it's a it's a huge thing for you going into the, the decider well, it is, but I suppose you only, you you'll be concerned as well when you get seven one day like that. You're not after using them all up. So yeah. I suppose you know. It, look, every game is different when you when you go out and you um, you know you have the best best intentions going out and you're planning you plan A and probably plan B. But sometimes your a match starts and you're nearly in plan D after twenty minutes. So look, every match has to be taken as its own merits, and you just um, try and make the right calls and make the right decisions as the match unfolds and. You know that's that's all we're going to try and do. You know we're we're out there to do the best for all lads involved and lads on the bench could come on and have a have a big part to play. So we're just trying to make the right call from our point of view and and give everybody the, the best opportunity to to perform. You know, Douglas are the opposition double winners last year. They're they're like a, a juggernaut, I suppose, almost at minor level, aren't they? But uh, what what better benchmark, I suppose, to test yourselves? Absolutely, and look to be fair. We knew at the start of the year really that Douglas were the team to um to beat, you know. Yeah. So, um there's no surprise to us that Douglas are in the final, you know. So like I suppose our targets like when the group stages came out, look, to be honest, which uh, it was a it was a group from hell. We had Ballin College, Bishopstone, Douglas and ourselves were told to come out of it. So like our goal from the minute the draw was made to get out of the group because there was no guarantees there because to be honest with you, those four teams a lot of you know, a lot of them. Some of them w- would have hoped to get to a final as well, you know. So, yeah. just to um, get out of the group, like we had Bishopstone in the final game. Like if they beat us, they would have went through, and if we beat them, we would have went through. So it was a, so it's just been knockout football. Now I suppose since the last match of the group. So, and to be fair, the lads have stepped up when when they got to that stage. Like the semi final was a great performance. Like we didn't expect two beats Mallow by the by the score we did. But as you said earlier, it's not every day you're going to get seven goals, you know. 
Absolutely. Well, it's sure to be a cracker on Monday, and I'm sure the lads are looking forward to it as well. Kevin Kelleher, St. Finn Bars minor football manager. Thanks a minute for joining us on the bigger bench, and the very best of luck. Thanks, Aidan. Yeah, big one on Monday evening. Um, all right, let's turn our attention quickly to ladies' football. Clonakilty defeated Kinsale one twelve to one eight in Group One of the Cork LGFA Senior Football Championship at a rain lashed Ahamilla last Friday evening. Uh, yesterday that was it was uh, Clonakilty's second senior uh, Group One victory of the season and secured uh, a place in the knockout stages ahead of their final group meeting with Aerog next Thursday, uh, following their third straight championship loss. Kinsale need a win in their final group outing to avoid a relegation playoff next Sunday. Joe McCarthy was there and spoke to Clan manager Joe Maloney afterwards. OK, Joe, first of all, congratulations. That's Clannock Kilty's second uh, Cork KGFA Senior Football Championship win in as many attempts. Um, considering the awful conditions, how happy are you with your team's performance? Delighted. Delighted with everything they gave, um, the positivity, the go forward, the support play, everything we look for in a team sport in football is was all there for everybody uh, and it was it was great to see. Um, Kate Donovan's goal was a bit fortuitous but it, it was an important score. Very important but you know I, I've been saying to them all along if you don't take the shot you don't get the score. Um, lucky but you make your own luck. Uh, you've a young court this particular team uh, beating Inch now beating Kinsale you've one game left against Airog away in Ovens a difficult proposition for any senior team but um, the prospect that we're in touching distance of a possible county semi-final if not that though it looks now like you're you're on course for senior B uh, semi-final appearance I mean at the start of the year I would imagine considering the youth on the panel you'd have taken that we certainly would um, but it has to be borne in mind we, we were beaten finalists in the senior B last year and uh, we felt maybe we left a little bit behind us um, so once the girls get moving forward and have a little bit of momentum, um, who knows? Um, anything could happen next week. Um, but we will we'll be happy either way, really, because of the way things have come along this year. It's been it's been really positive. Delighted with them. Yeah, it's a difficult grade, a senior championship, to say, old cliche, there is no easy game. But there really isn't. And you've got to win your, uh, take your opportunities. And you've done it now twice in a row. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's, uh, it's you just have to literally take it game by game because you never know what's coming. You never know what, what's going to be thrown at you. Um, but trying to get the girls to stay positive and stay stay in it at all times, it's, it's, it's great to see. Yeah, that was Clonakilty manager Joe Maloney speaking to Ger last night. All right, now let's uh, look ahead to Ireland versus Tonga at the Rugby World Cup. Uh, Wales have beaten Portugal 28 points to 8 in the uh, game uh, previous to that one. It's an 8 o'clock kickoff. Uh, here is Peter O'Mahony and the troublemaker, Mac Hansen, before the media during the week. Um, I think the main thing is to improve, to get better. Um, you know, there was plenty of stuff, obviously, that we were... We were happy with last week, but there was probably more that we weren't happy with. For example, uh, discipline certainly. Uh, penalties given away that we, um, you know, we had Romania under pressure at times that we let them out easily uh, with with some some quite silly discipline. Um, I think some of our accuracy wasn't where it could have been at times. Um, you know, some fairly basic errors from ourselves that we would have expect much higher standards from. Um, set piece wise I think some of the moments that we got into their 22 that are particularly in function um, so as I said we have plenty of areas to uh, to improve on this week and you said Japan that you brought up the, the match in Japan the second match in Japan four years ago um, I don't know in hindsight can you say there was an element of taking your eye off the ball but was that focused or was that uh, brought up at all this week no look it hasn't been referenced um you know, we were all there, and, and 
certainly hurt but look I think this is a different animal different team and um, you know I think our preparation certainly this week for, for Tonga has been um, has been excellent so we're, we're, we're I think we're in great position for the game Peter is this the fittest you've ever been in your career? Um, to be honest I, I missed um, windows of the pre-season with, with different injuries but um I certainly feel feel good. We, we've done a lot of training in heat and, and tough conditions, and um, you know our pitch sessions. Uh, you know everywhere we've gone. I said this last week: uh, Portugal, Biarritz. Being over here, it's been been extremely hot, and we've had a big chunk. Even back home, was was quite warm, and I think a lot of that is due to us, definitely fitness-wise. Um, you know, it's, it's funny we we haven't done a huge amount of out-and-out -out fitness work per se. Uh, you know the kind of old school fitness term of, of just running and running we've done loads and loads of rugby and um, I, I think from a team perspective I think we're we're quite rugby fit um, I think last week we'll stand for people who played you know big chunks that game uh, who came off the bench um, even who trained last week you know the guys who, who put a big week in you know it's, it's another big chunk in our fitness bank and um, yeah certainly feeling good Matt, just how excited are you to start your first match at a Rugby World Cup? I imagine it must mean an awful amount to you. Uh, yeah, it's um, no, it's an absolute privilege um, that I didn't know. But ever get the opportunity to do so, to, to have a first, as you said, first start against um, a good, good Tongan team, is it's really exciting. Um, so come, was lucky enough to come off the bench and get, get a game there. Uh, last week, so it kind of settled the nerves as well, which is nice. So I can just really enjoy this week. And Peter, Johnny's got the opportunity to break Brennan O'Gara's all-time points record this weekend. I know it's difficult to do, but how do you sum up his contribution to Irish rugby? Jesus, we can be here a while. Um, you know, obviously uh, an incredibly long career. I think, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, he, he broke the record for being the oldest player, oldest Irish player ever to put on a, a pair of boots in an international rugby match which we got a good chuckle about last week um, look he's, he's breaking breaking all the records um, you know he's, he's the standard bearer for Irish rugby and has been for you know well over a decade now and um, you know you know I think everything has been said about Johnny you know he's, he's an exceptional person and player and um you know, it was, it was probably always coming that record to be broken with the amount of rugby that he's played, and um, you know how fit, he, how fit he is, and how fit he keeps himself in, and that condition he keeps himself in. Um, you know, it was probably always coming down the line, and um, but I'm sure he is he is uh, bigger goals in the horizon than that one. Yeah, um, Australian coach, New Zealand players. What what do you guys expect from Tonga? What do you imagine? Um, I think just what every Tonga team is, they're just going to be, you know, they're going to be a nice, big, physical team. So um, we know that they're going to bring that. We had a similar test against the Mara a couple of weeks ago. So um, we've had a little bit of a run in and, you know, we, we know what they can do and we know what they can bring. So we're excited for that. But as I said, it's nice to have that game a couple of weeks kind of taught us a few lessons. So um, we just got to take, take those learnings from the game into, into this one. And, 
um, as, you, as you can see from the table crew, we're not taking on lightly by any means. Um, yeah. Uh, Mac, how aware were you last week of the kind of rumours getting around that you were the one who misbehaved far from the blue rates? Are you afraid of being typecast and all that? Did Andy not just sense refresh you about this second one? It was dealt with. He said he can ask Mac yourself, but he left the room. What's that? He said he can ask Mac yourself, but he left the room. Guys, it's it's a rumour and incorrect facts. Like we can't keep on going over. It's not fair to ask Mac about me. Unless you want particularly want to answer. No, we, you know, we we had a five out of ten for whatever, and we're, we're fine now, so it's all good. Obviously, incredibly strong uh, backline as well, back. You know, would this game as well help create more cohesion and fluency in that back line for what's to come? Obviously, the game within itself, obviously, what's to come as well. Yeah, yeah, it's, um, it's going to be a different different test from last week um, altogether. As, uh, like, they've got a lot of world class players that are playing at a high level and everything as well, so. Um, We've had, had this back line and been lucky enough to play these guys for a good while now and I think we've kind of already hit that um, cohesion sort of, um, you know, months and months before this as, as well. It, it is another test, but um, you can safely say that, you know, everybody else on this team is well on the same page. I'm too short, so that's again. Andy, Andy seems to enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, I'm not the first person to take their shorts off after a game, I don't know. Um, I doubt it'll be the last. Of, We've been told to keep them on this week, so um, I'll try my hardest. I'll see, see how I'm feeling. Pete, just a lot of you guys present yourself very seriously at all times, and it's a serious job. I know. What has this guy brought to your squad, your party, the way he's so true to himself and so it seems to enjoy it so much? What do you think will be seriously the same? I can't do but I'm not in trouble. He's been a breath of fresh air. Um, you know, uh, obviously an incredible character, um, good person. Uh, you know, we talk about it a lot. Um, you know, the squad that we have and uh, how important that is to, to fit in. And, and you know, certainly straight away, you know, it was it was a top man. Um, as I said, a character, but you know, above all, he's he's, he's an incredible athlete and, and one of the, one of the world's best wingers at the moment, um, which is a great addition to have to the squad. But as I said. You know the overriding factor is that he, he's a good person and, and he's he's seamlessly fitted into our squad like um, like everyone else has and, and you know he's he's in great crack obviously you know what I mean um, and you need characters like that I think I think it's the beauty of the game of rugby is you know the different characters that you get and, and you know we'd be lost with without guys like this uh, you know tours like this you know are are are, are made for obviously being incredibly serious as you said and, and yeah, obviously our jobs and, and everything that goes with it but you know the crack that fellas like this fellow bring are make it a, a great place to be Yeah P- Peter O'Mahony there not happy about the question about Mac Hansen and whatever it was that he got dropped for going out on the beach and staying out there too long or something I, I don't know honestly I think it's just a sign of the media being a bit bored of not having a story and trying to make one word or possibly maybe there was a story I don't know who knows anyway uh, but yeah that's sure he took down what he had one microphone in his hand he took that away from his mouth and uttered uh, a Jesus Christ under his breath I don't think he realised there was about 20 more microphones microphones down on the table in front of him but anyway it's Ireland versus Tonga at 8pm as they look to go 2 from 2 in the World Cup St. Finbar's leading Charleville 16 points to 12 in the quarterfinal in the Premier Senior Hurling Championship at Parky Cueve at Big Red Bench 
Lynch on Twitter to keep up to date with that one. Um, and then, of course, the other game ongoing is Glen Rovers versus Cantork. And Cantork lead 110 to 18. If it stayed like that, there's only 12 minutes gone in the second half of that relegation playoff. But if it stayed like that, Glen Rovers would be relegated to the Senior A Championship and that would send shockwaves around the county in the Gaelic game circles at least anyway so all the reaction to that and to the game currently on in Parky Cueve on tomorrow's evening's show and of course there's more quarterfinal action as well tomorrow as well so tune into the Big Red Bench from 6pm Rory is going to be here he's going to have all that reaction to all the goings on uh, in the Premier Senior Hurling Championship and uh, Joe McCarthy will have his updates on at Big Red Bench on Twitter uh, for the game that's on currently in Parky Cueve but yeah everybody's going to be keeping it locked to see that score between Glen Rovers and uh, Cantork in the relegation playoff alright that is it for me thank you for joining us this evening wherever you've been shooting in from uh, it's uh, not been a great day obviously being a Man United fan but the show was a lot more enjoyable at least than watching that for uh, a couple of hours today so uh, yeah Rory's going to be on the way tomorrow evening from 6 Stevie G is on the way next The Big Red Bench Saturday and Sunday from 6pm Cork's Red FM